This is installment two of Talking Cars with uh, Junior D'Amato and John Paul. Let's start off with what you've been driving lately, Junior. Well, you know, you and I get cars every week, and it's really amazing how we get to get these cars. And uh, this past week, we had the opportunity of a black edition Honda Pilot that I initially thought was a uh, passport. It does not look like the old Pilot. It's not bulky. It's really, really amazing. It's uh, trick, slick, and we compared it against my uh, neighbor's MDX he just bought, Mm -hmm. and he says, wow. He says, this is a really nice car, and they're essentially both the same vehicles. I, I drove it in again this morning, coming up the windy roads. I took the long way at 5 a.m. down towards uh, uh, Freetown and uh, Rehoboth, and uh, a 105 down in the windy roads. This thing is not your soccer mom SUV. This is a people mover. It is a uh, sports vehicle, and it's got plenty of get-up-and-go. And when you put it into the sport mode, John, it, uh, it's delayed shifting, of course, and uh, everything feels altogether different. And it's just amazing what Honda has done with this vehicle uh, compared to the old Sakamon minivan, uh, you know, pilot that it used to be. Yeah, it really is. I have I work with a woman who has a a pilot. I think it's a 2013, and you know her coworkers refer to it as the whale, because it's uh it's kind of big and bulky looking, and um, and I'm willing to bet the new one probably has the same amount of interior space in it as her old one does. But like you said, the new one looks sleek and sexy and and uh, can hold the road. And I'm I'm certainly not a uh, fan of uh, black vehicles because they're hot in the summer, they show all the dirt and all the scratches. But this uh, altogether black edition just makes it look altogether different, where it doesn't, again, it doesn't look like a, a, a soccer mom crossover slash minivan slash SUV slash whatever you want. It's a real, you know, third passenger vehicle uh, that has everything you want. And you can turn the radio up and down with a knob. Unlike, you know, years gone by, everybody complained about that. And I think Mitsubishi still has the radio where you need to slide your finger like Cadillac had that silly, I don't know what the hell they called it, but it was just absolutely terrible. Yeah, it, uh, was, it was. And, and how's, the, how's the power and performance from the new Honda? The Honda is just amazing with the, uh, the V6. However, you do have that 105,000 interval where you and I know what you need to do. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, fortunately, I guess they kick it out to 105,000, but uh, I'm surprised they're still using timing belts to this day, you know, with uh, the advancements in how good the chains work. uh, You know, the idea you have to do that kind of maintenance is almost a little unheard of these days. It's it's just absolutely crazy. It doesn't make sense, and it does not stop people from buying the the Honda V6s, uh, the Ridgeline, or this other vehicle, and it's just amazing what's going on. Uh, I'm really impressed. The fit-finish quality is what you'd expect from Honda, and um, the heated steering wheel from Honda, the remote start from Honda, the whole enchilada. Wow. You know, that's another thing we're seeing, remote starts and, like, uh, these import cars. The only one I haven't seen a remote car starter in yet is the BMW and Mercedes. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I don't think I've seen those either. But let's, you know, you, you have a lot of customers that come into your shop there, and you also have uh, used cars for sale. And one of the things that, you know, is always a bit of a problem sometimes when somebody goes out and they're thinking about buying a used car, and I don't care if it's a, you know, a V6 time and belt engine in a, 
in a Chrysler or a uh, Time and Belt engine in a Honda that's up around 105,000 miles, and all of a sudden, you know, the customer goes to buy it at 105,000, and you know, the the person they buy it from says, "Oh, I've taken really good care of it," and you know, 10,000 miles down the road, the belt breaks, and they've they've done thousands of dollars worth of damage. How do you when when someone comes in with a used car, what do you tell them when it's uh, when you when you don't know about the timing belt? That's the first thing. Well, can't you just look at it? Well, to just look at it, you've got to pull covers. And uh, some of these cars, it's just as easy to go ahead and do the job than it is to uh, just take a visual inspection. There is no window. You can just open the window and shut the window. You In some cars, you can pull the top cover off, mm. but you do not see the whole belt. You can see the outside of it, whether it's cracked or not, but you don't get to see the actual teeth and you don't get to see the actual tensioner. These belts are, have, most of them have automatic or hydraulic tensioners, which, again, uh, you buy a timing belt kit from any of the good uh, pot stores and things like that, you get a whole kit with the pulleys, the barons, the water pump, and the tensioner. Yeah, it, and that's the only way to do it. And the tensioner is, a lot of people don't realize, that's the most important part of that repair when you go to do it. I mean, the water pump, you kind of look at it. Sometimes you might go, hey, if it's leaking, or if the water pump itself is part of the timing belt uh, routing where it runs around. But, uh, but yeah, the tensioner is the most important part. That If the tensioner is sloppy when you go to replace it and you don't uh, replace the belt, you don't replace the tensioner, now... 10, 15,000 miles down the road, it's all of a sudden the belt jumps and bad things happen, and it's uh, it was it was not a wise investment at that point. And the tensioner is the most expensive part of the whole enchilada. But um, when you talk about this Honda that we're you, I don't know if you've driven it yet, but you'll probably get it next. Um, the the vehicle is just an amazing all around people mover. And I think you could pull up to 5,000 pounds possibly with the uh, trailer hitch on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just an amazing all-around all-wheel drive vehicle. Gone is the old days of having a shifter, whether it's on the column or on the console. This is all electronically controlled by buttons. And we're going a lot more to the shifting by pushing buttons than we were, you know, just three years ago. Yeah. No, it, 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 it is amazing. And, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, the golden age of whenever cars were. And it might have been in the 20s or the 30s. But I don't know. Some of these some of these cars today, pretty amazing horsepower and performance out of, like, what you said. Here's an SUV. Here's a midsize SUV. Now, they don't give them away. They're not, they're not cheap. Nope. Here's a midsize SUV that makes the horsepower that, uh, you know, we were making in the 60s and 70s with some muscle cars. Yeah, if you think about that. Now, you get back to the old muscle car days. We've got a Camaro down here that belongs to a gentleman uh, locally, and he's got about a $30,000 investment between the drivetrain and probably another 30000 he paid for the vehicle. And it's an old 67 Camaro with the LS swap with a manual transmission. Everything is out of a 2012 Camaro, and we've just gone ahead and done the suspension and everything in it. So we took it for a ride the other day, yesterday actually, and you know what? There is nothing like a late model car compared to the uh, older cars between the seating, the handling, and no matter what you do to an old car, it's still an old car. The seating uh, is one thing you have to address, and then you'd have to put a complete suspension under it, Morrison or something like that. And that's yep. another thirty grand to make it anywhere near the uh, capability and structural rigidity of a new car. 
Yeah, no, no, you're right. the The cars weren't the cars weren't made uh, the way they are now, and today they make them. They they glue pieces together, they foam pieces together, they weld pieces together, which brings all that structural rigidity. But yeah, just the idea that you know, I'll I'll call it. I'll still call it a soccer mom SUV, but that thing I think makes 280 horsepower. I would think it's just under 300 horsepower. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just goes like stick. Yeah, and it's all wheel drive. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you look at the Mustang six cylinders, there's another 300 horsepower six cylinder. Where <clears throat> 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't even get 300, you couldn't even get 250 out of a V8 Mustang. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely right, and it's crazy. Uh, I think uh, I I popped into your shop last week, and I I came back with the. Uh, I was driving the Genesis G70, which is an awful lot like the Kia Kia Stinger, uh, twin turbo, uh, V6. You know, 350-odd horsepower, uh, great handling car, and, you know, really competitive with, like, a BMW 3 Series or the small Cadillac or or maybe an Audi A4. Uh, but great horsepower, lots of lots of content in it. The seats are, I think the driver's seat was a 12-way adjustable, power adjustable. The passenger seat was either 6 or 8. But you press the button, you turn it to sport, all of a sudden the seat snugs up around you. The suspension changes a little bit. The only thing I wish it did is I wish it changed the exhaust a little bit and gave it a little bit more of a burble. The burble is one thing you find a lot with the BMW vehicles yeah. uh, in the Audis. And you also have a much larger price tag. Oh, yeah. And you look at everything. I don't know that you could put, you could stuff anything more in this car for options and accessories. And under $50,000 in that same car from BMW or Audi would be, with that performance, would be, you know, ten or 15000 more than that. Yeah, and you, then you have the depreciation factor that goes into effect. And then you have the problem of the quality factor down yeah. the road with all the plastic stuff and switches breaking. And, yeah. and um, the good thing about the uh, the Kias and the Hyundais is they have that long powertrain warranty. And um, little incidentals like that, you can purchase the uh, aftermarket, or not aftermarket, but their extended yeah. warranty for a pretty reasonable amount of money. Yeah, no, it, it really is. It, it's one of those things you kind of look, I mean, you and I have been around for a long time, and we always used to talk about the big three, and it was, you know, it was GM and Ford and Chrysler. And now we seem to be talking about Hyundai and Kia an awful lot. You know, which is which is one of the things that's uh, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible what they're doing with these cars these yep. days. Yep. You know. Okay. So it's, it's, it goes forward. Before we end today's segment, uh, you always talk about one of the interesting things you're finding in the shop today. When I called you, you were in the middle of standing on your head pulling a starter out of a V6 Chrysler product. Uh, uh, what other challenges you find in there this week? Well, just to try to take the starter out of one of these Chrysler vehicles, uh, you've got to disconnect a lot of stuff. You have a choice of disconnecting the exhaust system. That's right, the exhaust system, the front pipe on the driver's side, and or disconnecting the steering shaft as well. Uh, just to get the damn starter out of the vehicle, and there's no way you can get a test light in there uh, to check for power and ground at the actual starter itself. But just looking at it, uh, it's all rusted out, so you couldn't have even tested it if we could have got access to it because everything is rusty. Yeah, I mean, so, the idea the idea where Chrysler, you know, did some of the, I mean, the idea they bury, they bury uh, batteries under fenders. Oh, it's crazy what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it 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 doesn't make it any easier for you. Um, 
little plug for little plug for the shop. Uh, you know, in these challenging times, you guys are uh, uh, doing some uh, sanitizing, uh, both uh, when a customer brings a car in, and uh, but also you you have a sanitation uh, service that uh, you can provide as part of a reconditioning, right? Yeah, the whole interior gets sanitized on um, the reconditioning, and then when a car comes in just for regular service, uh, it gets sprayed. Yep. And the uh, we got a case of the sanitizer, so we did pretty good with that. So we're ha- we're having a good time. There you go. Hey, so that's it for this week's uh, segment of Talking Cars with Junior D'Amato and John Paul. And uh, be safe. And if they want to get in touch with us, John, how do they do that? Well, they could they could uh, email you, or they could email me. They can email me at uh, johnfpaul at hotmail.com, and they can in, and they can email you at autodocjr at AOL. There you go. All right. Hey, I'll talk to you soon. Till next time, John. <laughs>